even though we're saying the things like, I want to create this business or I want to do this, I want to have this amount of sales. If underneath the energy doesn't align to what you're saying on the surface, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, right? You can't cheat energy. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Hi, my gorgeous. How are you today? Ah, looking forward to this time together. You know, it's really, really special and precious when we're able to just take some moments for ourselves, remind our hearts and our bodies of our spiritual connection. Today, I've got a really special podcast coming your way from three-time New York Times bestselling author, Kimberly Snyder. And we're going to get into this uh, incredible interview and talk about her new book that's coming out. But first, you know, uh, what one of the blessings and one of the things you're going to get from Kim's interview is how practical spirituality can be. You know, I think that sometimes we sequester God and we kind of like save it for Sunday or you know, I don't know when we think that we've got enough time or think that we need to do a 10 day yoga retreat in Costa Rica. And I just want to remind you that right here, right now, God is with us. God is within us. God is all around us. And when we give ourselves permission to live by the spiritual principles that we know, life gets so much easier and so much more peaceful and so much more abundant. And it's, it gets abundant in the ways that like you're feeling so good. It kind of, you don't need the external manifestation to feel good. You know, when we live our lives, when we're upset, if things don't go the way we want, or we're happy when things do go the way we want, that's a lot of power to put outside of us. And it means that based on our external circumstances, we are either happy or sad or frustrated or excited or or whatever. But when you remember that the kingdom of heaven is within you, when you remember that in any moment you can stop and feel the love of God around you, you can tap into infinite possibilities. You can tap into wholeness your worth, the unique way in which only you can contribute in the world. Mm. That's spirituality. That's living spirituality. That's an alive spirit within you. That look at, I am as I am as much about results as, as the next queen. I love me a great external manifestation. And if we are waiting for an external manifestation to be the source of our joy, our feeling of abundance, our worth, our confidence, our bliss in life, then we're going to have a lot of unblissful, unhappy, unjoyful moments. 
And we also know enough about law of attraction that it's that feeling of gratitude that it's already done. It's the, then when it shows up, it's like, it's almost the byproduct. So I want you to let spirituality not be this big thing outside of you in the sky, disconnected from you. I want it to be a, your own personal living joy filled in any moment that you're reminded of it. Just like this one. So let's start with a prayer and then we'll dive on into the interview. Ah, dear God, thank you. Thank you that you live inside of us. Thank you that you're all around us. Thank you for the wholeness and oneness that we receive any moment we bring our awareness to the truth. The truth that we are loved, the truth that we are worthy, the truth that we are powerful, the truth that we are capable, the truth that our good is always coming to us and flowing through us. The truth that all things work together for good. The truth that you are with us always. So we pray a prayer of blessing and abundance and favor and competency over every woman listening, that we would bring your alive spirit into our work life, into our marketing, into our bank accounts, into our relationships, into our solutions, into our minds, into our hearts. We thank you that in every moment we can experience this sense of peace and grace and wholeness. And we pray this believing, amen, amen, amen. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy this exquisite conversation. Kimberly, it's so, so good to have you here. I am so thrilled to be interviewing you about your brand new book coming out that we're going to dive deeply into. Um, and this interview actually came about because one of my clients said, Gina, do you know this woman? Your messages are so aligned. Wow. And, um, you know, and so I'm just so thrilled to actually have this manifestation come from the community. So I think that's really beautiful. Oh, I love that. It's amazing how connected we all are, right? Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. You know, it just seems like, oh, there's so many people out there, but it, you know, there really is connection that runs through everything. And the more we get out there, the more we connect with our hearts. I don't know about you, but I just feel, I don't know. I don't really feel like there's, there's strangers, right? You can feel that the heart of everyone. If you, if you look underneath the surface, it's, True. It's true. Well, there's a beautiful example of walking your talk. Well, let's dive right into this book. There's so many things that we can talk about here, but you are more than you think you are. Wow. I mean, just talk about getting straight to the heart of things. Yes. Um, let's, yes. Let's, let's do a little background. Let, like what got you into this book? I know this is your sixth book out into the world. Why this book? Why now? And give us a little bit of the backstory. So the backstory of this book is actually um, a little bit, it's, it's funny, Gina, because I was 34 weeks pregnant with my second son. And this was during the pandemic. I wasn't actually looking to write another book at that point. I was looking to slow down. 
Um, but I remain very open and receptive to, you know, downloads, intuition, of course. And so this day came, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, you know, um, now my son's 18, you know, over 18 months old. So anyways, it just came down this feeling of, of the idea of the book. And I didn't really know what to do with that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going about to go on some kind of maternity leave here. And so I reached out to Deepak Chopra, who was my co-author two books ago. And I was like, Deepak, I have this book idea. And I told him about it. And he's like, oh, this book belongs with Hay House, which was a different publisher than the two previous ones I had worked with. So anyways, long story short, I I presented the book over Zoom and I signed my book deal three days before I gave birth. And wow. then I, yeah, and then I waited 60 days. Okay. The Ayurvedic protocols, at least 40 days, I waited 60 days. And then it was just this flow. It just came out of me. So I will say out of the six books, this is the first book that feels like I can honestly say, I just, you know, it just kind of channels through. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel like my book. It feels like it's just, you know, wants to be here. And mm. what the book is really about essentially are really ancient teachings from the Vedas that are so relevant for modern life. So that was really what I see my purpose in life is, is being a messenger. So the book came through and I think it's at a time right now where we are looking for true grounding and safety and security and finding it inside of ourselves and really finding, you know, there's, there's many subjects in the book, um, confidence, vitality. And this is based specifically on the work of Paramahansa Yogananda, who is the great yoga guru who brought yoga to the West. So the book essentially is um, these attributes of the true self, creating real success in your life. It's a very practical book. I've used these teachings mm -hmm. to transition from a broke backpacker into New York Times bestselling author and entrepreneur with my brand saloon and all these things. So it's, it was really came from this place of sharing and not necessarily planning to write a book, but, um, but yeah, here we are. It came through, it came through. Beautiful. Let's backtrack a little bit. You said something about the Ayurvedic practice of 40 days, but you waited 60. I'm not familiar with that. What, what are you referring to? So in several cultures, different cultures around the world and specifically in Ayurvedic. So first of all, let me back up and just say Ayurvedic medicine is in the Atharva Veda, which is the fourth Veda. It's the most modern, but it's still thousands of years old. So Ayurvedic medicine originally did come from these really ancient texts. And one of the things they talk about is the cycle of change being 40 days. So mm -hmm. now you hear about, you know, all the, there's so much contention with all these different, you know, neuroscientists and habit experts saying, oh, you can create a new habit in 21 days or 28 days or 25 days. But classically um, from the Vedic texts, 40 days is said to be a period if you put energy and focus and what Yogananda talks about um, dynamic well, you can actually replace, let's say it's a habit, or you can really work on a limiting belief or a negative thought pattern and replace it with something that's more harmonious in alignment with your truth. So the 40 days is something that I tend to work with if I'm, you know, working on something specific. It's not the subject of this book per se, but a couple books ago, the book I wrote with Deepak, which had a lot of Ayurvedic information in it, it's called Radical Beauty. We go into that a bit more. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I think in, in many of the ancient traditions, I mean, I know in the, the Bible, there's the 40 days and 40 nights. So yes, that's really, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's give a little more on Yogananda uh, to anyone that might not be familiar with him and his incredible body of work. Let's dive into oh. this, this bright light of a soul who's obviously been such a huge inspiration and mentor to you. 
Yes, exactly. Yogananda has been with me you now over 13 years. He is my guru. Um, so I follow the, the teachings, um, which again, come from the Vedas, come from the Bhagavad Gita specifically, which is a huge influence on my life. Chapter three of the book is called You Are a Warrior. And so we can talk about that a little bit later, but basically the Bhagavad Gita is how to be a warrior in your life. And you know whether we realize it or not, we're fighting a great battle every day. And as Yogananda talks about, it's the battle of the mind, the battle mm-hmm. of limited beliefs. It's the battle of ego, true self. So I was back packing in India. And I was, again, I was just trying to find myself. I didn't know anything about meditation and yoga. And I found myself in this country that immediately, like I felt it in my heart. You know, they say with India, it's a strong reaction. You either love it or you want to get away from it. I felt so connected to it. And I was in a small bookshop and I found one of Yogananda's books. And so again, I didn't really know what was going on. I was interested in, you know, feeling good, but I was raised Catholic. So I didn't know if I was doing yoga and meditation would make me a Hindu or, you know, I just did, I was confused, but I started to read about what he was saying, which was beyond religion, right? It was about energy. It was about universality. It was about love. It was about oneness. It was about interconnection. And I felt this fire go up my spine. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go deeper into this. So long story short is I started really reading all the, the, the teachings of, of him. And he is the person that put to the West. So this is back in like the twenties. He's, you know, there was a yogi that came and left, but he was the first one that came and put down roots and his message again, which wasn't about religion. It was really about energy, what he calls the underlying energy matrix of all things. And this is why it's so useful for everyday life, how to create the life that you want, how to create vitality, how to create business success. And so I was like absorbing all of this, like crazy. Right. So fast forward after three years, I came back to, I moved to New York city, I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. You go go from India to New York City? Well, I was on the road, 50 countries, right? So it was like at a certain point, I was starting to run out of money. I did it really Mm -hmm. inexpensively, but it felt like time to come home. So New York City, my family's from the East Coast, not the city, but I felt like the city was exciting. It was sort of contained me after being Mm -hmm. on that journey. And so I remember sitting on my bed, I, you know, scraped together, a little bit of money with a friend and we subletted this place. And I was sitting in this Murphy bed and I was starting to apply these teachings Mm -hmm. and I started to see patterns in my life starting to emerge. And I had no money. I'm saying, you know, I, I would buy orange. I would buy three oranges for $1 sometimes for lunch, because I read a study that said oranges can keep you more satiated for longer time. So I was really like just trying to figure out my life. And what happened was, you know, Yogananda, and what I talk about in the new book, these chapters about um, soul qualities, like really tapping into abundance and intuition. I think it's one of those important things as a, you know, someone trying to create in the world, your best Mm -hmm. stuff will always come from the inside, from your intuition. So I was, (laughs) imagine I'm sitting here broke. And then I was just starting to see these patterns. And then I just started to take steps forward. I went back, I was teaching yoga. You started to see patterns, what kind of patterns? I just, it was like, I could just, well, let me show you, let me tell you what unfolded, but it was just mm-hmm. like, it was, it almost felt like um, I stepped into this river of flow. Whereas before I was struggling a lot with self-esteem and confusion and bloatedness. I didn't know how to take care of my body. And then it was almost like there was this pattern. It felt more like of a flow. There was just, you know, when I, it was like, I would, I would move forward and then the next thing would come. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, it just felt like a flow pattern. It's, it's hard to explain in English language, right? It's just like the energy. But anyways, I, I went back, I was teaching yoga asanas. I was going back to nutrition school. And then all I did was start a free blog. I mean, that was the genesis of my whole career. I was sharing my heart, my intuition. I was sharing a lot about travel. This is, you know, 10 years ago, my first book came out, I actually was trying to write this book. And, um, you know, my, my first editor said, you know, she looked at what was going on. I was starting to work with all these big celebrities, even though I still don't own a TV, they Mm -hmm. found me, they found the blog. I got on a film set. I started working with all these people. I was a regular contributor on good morning America. And then when the first book deal came, I said, Oh, I have this book called catching the fire. And it was about these spiritual teachings. I was like, this is how I'm starting to create all this amazing stuff. And she said, Oh, but look at your site, the food stuff's taking off. So why don't we do a food book first and we'll do this book second. So the food book, my first food book was called the beauty detox solution. And it just grew and grew, sold like a million copies. So then the second book was food as well, beauty detox foods. But by the third book, I was coming back to this, you know, the teachings, the spiritual part of this, the energy, which is underneath everything. And it's such a huge, really the fundamental part of success mm-hmm. is our inner state. We transform our lives from the inside out. So anyways, here we are 10 years later, Gina. Oh, I- hold on. Let me just jump, jump yeah, in. Yeah, so much here. You're like dropping so many great jewels. I know my audience will be interested. So look at, I know it was 10 years ago and it wasn't 20 years ago. So lots of people start blogs. Lots of people write about travel. Yeah. I just have to believe that there was something with these teachings that literally magnetized and attracted these, the celebrities and the TV and the media, like this experience for you. What would you have to say about that? So in the book, I go through a a three-step process and this is what I did in my life. And this is what the teachings are centered around for creating your best stuff, right? So that's how the book is structured. Part one is removing the blocks. Okay. The biggest block is fear. And Yogananda said of 26 soul qualities that you need to develop as a human to reach your fullest potential. The number one quality is fearlessness. Okay. So a lot of people, right? So it's very practical. It's like, how do we remove this? block that even though we're saying the things like, I want to create this business, or I want to do this, I want to have this amount of sales. If underneath the energy doesn't align to what you're saying on the surface, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, right? You can't cheat energy. So the first part of the process is starting to really understand what your fears are. And I didn't know what my fears were until I started doing this work. I know the surface fears, but underneath it, the fear that maybe I wasn't lovable, right? Which I, I came from understanding my own you know, reactions and triggers. And, you know, I go into a lot of detail about this in the book. So we need to remove that because vibrationally it weighs us down. Think about a block of ice or block of snow or block of, you know, cheese or something. It's heavy. So we want to move that first. And then part two is, is learning to embody who you really are. Right. So in part two, and this is where I, you know, where I was in my life, breathing down into my center, I keep saying intuition is the most important tool we can develop for success. Nogananda is very emphatic about this. So the chapter, you are an intuitive body. How do we learn to listen to the voice of our true selves versus the ego and the fear and the mind chatter? Mm -hmm. So embodying who we are, peace, intuition, learning our true power. And then part three, once we've got that part down is creating. So part three is where abundance comes in, uh, magnetism. The longest chapter in the book is actually called you are creator. So this is where I take you through a very detailed practice of how do we take this formless energy, you know, our unique gifts 
And how do we channel that out in the world? And so this is what I was doing, Gina. I was really working with Yogananda's teachings for taking this formless, you know, quantum physics, we could say gravitational field, spiritual terms, we could say spirit individualized inside of us. We are each different. So when we tune in to our unique voice, our unique way of doing things, lots of people start blogs, but I was doing it my way. Now we have this power of this, you know, this real uniqueness, right. That comes through us. So the problem is there's two problems when people try to create success and they don't manifest what they want. Number one, they go straight to creating and they're still underneath it. There's still fear driving a lot of their energy and their actions. So they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't get to, I didn't create what I wanted to create. And I said, but you went straight there. You didn't do any self-analysis because our Mm -hmm. vibration is the sum total of yes, love and compassion, but we need to look at the shadows, right? The darkness Mm -hmm. inside of us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're not identifying with the ego, not over-identifying with the darkness. It's there. We're human, right. But we need to understand ourselves more. And then the other, the other thing that, um, the other big block on the path, I think is, you know, we constantly look outward. So the name of the book is you are more than you think you are. It begs the question, what do I think I am? Right. So a lot, of, we, we tend to think this is what we are, the surface, what we sense with our five senses and our peripheral nervous system. So if we're trying to create our best stuff, but we're constantly saying, oh, well, what's such and such doing with her business or, oh, there's a big trend there. I guess I should jump on that bandwagon. We get confused. We move away from our true purpose, from our warrior purpose, our clarity, our uniqueness. So we want to dial it in. Um, yes, we want to see what's going on, but we want to balance that with inner connection because our best stuff and our success and building abundance will always come from the inside out. And this is so, so beautiful. And I think there's, there's such a travesty that so many people think that some people can do this and others can't, or that there's something special about some people. And that's why they've created this level of abundance or, or that kind of thing. or they were born to the right family or in the right country, any of that. And really getting that we have so much power over our own energy and learning to self-identify and take responsibility for these fear-based thoughts. um, It's really everything. It's just like, it becomes so simple when you, you claim the thought and the feeling and the belief that you actually want. Yeah. And I, you know, I use this term over identifying with, with the surface because it's easy to look at your life right now and just say, oh, well, this isn't working and this and lack here. And, and I talk about this in the abundance chapter, we're constantly creating, we are co-creating in every moment, whether we recognize that or not. So what we want to do is we want to really start to be the stewards of our own energy, right? Cause like I said, you can say the right things, but where is your energy in this moment? Right. And so what we want to start to focus on is what energy am I projecting out into the world? What am I radiating out versus what is or isn't coming in? Because then we get stuck in the cycle. So this sounds a little, that's, that's like, I want everyone to really get that. What you just dropped was amazing. Yeah. So let me give you a practice that goes with that, my love, because we're talking big philosophy, right? But I want you to know the subtitle of the book is practical enlightenment for everyday life. This is very practical because that's how I was taught by Yogananda. It's very like step-by-step do this and do this. So we're talking about this, right? Gina's like, oh, that sounds good. I don't want to be in the fear, but how do we really know if we're being driven by the fear or if we're coming from the true self, which is our authentic, expanded, limitless potential, right? 
So any moment, moment to moment, and I had this incredible neuroscientist on Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she said, literally, they, they measure now every 10 seconds, the biochemistry of your body reconstructs. So you can literally check in as often as you want before you go on a podcast, before you write an email. You don't go here. If you're not watching this, I'm pointing to my head, right? Ego is the mind chatter and the fear. So this is where the thoughts start to trick us, the overanalyzing, the confusion. So where is a clear place to get a message? The body. Right. So when we when we tune into here, heart center or even um, money for a chalk at the top of your gut and you, you ask yourself a simple question, am I an ego or am I in true self in this moment? All right. So let's do it together. Okay. You know, just ask yourself right, and just close your eyes. You just say, hey, am I an ego? It doesn't have to be this big thing. You can just ask yourself moment to moment when you start to really discern your own energy. And if you feel any sort of tightness constriction, ooh, like that ooh, feeling, it mm. means in some way there is ego playing out or over identification. There's some fear there. Maybe you don't feel safe. Like someone's going to say something to annoy you or whatever. So you kind of tighten up, right. Or you don't like something that happens. You kind of tighten up and that's okay. We're human. We're going to go in and out. Right. But from, if you notice that tightness, which emulates the construction of the ego, which is small and limited. It keeps us small and limited. This is not the place that you want to create from. You do not want to speak from this mm -hmm. place. You don't want to write the email from this place. You want to shift your energy. Otherwise, you're going to have more of a mess to clean up, or you're not going to create your best writing or your best whatever thing you're designing, anything. More, <laughs> so more of the thing that you don't want. So you shift the energy. And what does that mean? There's many practices I talk about in the book. Sometimes it's a Simple is feeling the bottoms of your feet, getting into your body. Mind is what running. Is well, let's say the mind is running, right? So much of the anxiety we experience today is fear of the future based on past trauma. So when we come into the body and you do simple things like feeling your feet, where is my body right now? It sounds basic, but a lot of us will drive in the car, don't even know how we got there because we're in the thoughts. So right. less thinking, more wisdom, more intuition means we don't want to constantly, we want to check in when our minds are constantly going. So checking in with the body, you feel the feet. And then I, I teach to place the hand on the heart, hand on the belly. So here you just start to notice, oh, my breath is coming down into the belly or it's not. If it's not, we start to take deeper breaths. You notice if your heart is beating really fast, maybe something triggered you. So just by bringing the awareness in one or two minutes, you can start to re-regulate your body system, your bodily systems. And we know the endocrine system is tied to your immune system. It's tied to your nervous system. So by doing this simple practice, you start to allow your body to regulate and literally different parts of your brain start to calm down the over-emotional and then different parts of your brain starts to light up and expansion and more oneness. So you're coming from a a much more centered, powerful place in your decisions. So it's like moment to moment, where is my energy? And I want to create from the highest place, not from this wounded place. So just little things like that through your day really start to change the, your ability to create what you want and to create real success. So, so talk, I mean, talk about practical, right? Because we all know when someone says something, but if you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter what they say. Like if they're like, sure, let's get together sometime, but you like, you know, it's empty or that, it's yeah, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, kind of like that, that gritting the teeth and sending the email and you like, think that you're being nice or setting the boundary or whatever, but everyone's feels the energy and that's what they yes. want. So I love, I love yes. how simple this is and kind of how instantaneous, you know, putting the feet on the ground and just like, actually getting into your body um since we yes just, 
Some of these practices are like, you know, 10 seconds, 90 seconds, but, you know, in, in a, in a deeper, um, in a deeper sense, it is, you know, the daily rhythm. Um, so I am a huge advocate for morning meditation. Um, the more, the meditations that I teach are, you know, inspired by Yogananda span over four chapters, starting with expanding the gaps. So starting to feel the little gaps in between your inhales and exhales, starting to feel true stillness. Wow. So, uh, do you want to do that practice yeah, Real let's do it. Yeah. for 20 seconds? Gina, I'm going to show you the difference because remember true yoga, true meditation means union. So we're creating union with the little parts of the ego that feel small and limited with the divine, the allness, the oneness, right? So we need to find the stillness. Okay. So let's just, we can literally do this for 20 seconds. If anybody's listening to this that can close your eyes. You can do that too, or you can do it with your eyes open if you're driving, please. <laughs> so close your eyes and just start to take a couple deep breaths in and out. Just feeling your body. Now I'm going to do the counts. We're going to inhale and we're going to exhale for four, but we're going to take a mini pause between the inhales and the exhales. So I will explain as we go along. So just take a deep breath and exhale out. All right, here we go. Inhale, two, three, four, and pause empty at the top. Or pa sorry, pause full at the top just for a moment. And then exhale, two, three, four, pause empty at the bottom, nice and relaxed. And then inhale, two, three, four, pause full at the top. And then exhale, two, three, four, pause empty at the bottom. And then inhale. And exhale, nice and slowly going back to your regular breath pattern. And when you're ready, you can float your eyes open. So we did that for like 20 seconds, Gina. You know, you imagine if you do this every day for two, three minutes, what you start to contact is that zero point field, even between inhales and exhales, there's stillness, this resource you can find inside. So once you even get a glimmer of it, it means we've touched it. And then you can work to actually expand that energy in your life through daily meditation, through the practices that I teach. And it's from this calm place of power grows, true power, right? Where we have more intuition, wholeness, right? We, we, we become more about service and love and connection and we're less triggered. So, so yeah. <laughs> so that's where we can live more and more. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's, it's so beautiful. You know, one of the things I loved about what you wrote too, is about enlightenment. Yes. And let's, let's talk about your definition of enlightenment and how you describe it. Cause I also found that to be quite practical and just very, like very relatable and consumable. Yeah. So sometimes enlightenment, we see it, this big word, right? Like the people at the top of the enlightenment mountain, like Buddha and Jesus, but really enlightenment is about freedom and it's about more awareness. So it doesn't mean that we have to be fully enlightened, even getting on the path 
gives us enormous benefits across our lives and our vitality and our energy and our joy, our peace. So really what we want to do is create more and more freedom. And that's really what essentially we are seeking all the time. Let's say someone is a big banker trying to get more and more money or more whatever underneath it all. We want to be free. We want to be joyful. We want to be free, right? So enlightenment is, is the path to do that from yourself, from the inside. And when I started this path, I said, oh, well, I'm already free. I live in the United States or I could live this life. But you realize, oh, you know, back to what we were saying earlier about the Bhagavad Gita, the great battle of life. We think we're free, but actually all these limiting beliefs, negative um you know, negative patterns, things that we've adopted from childhood, from when we were young, when we didn't have a fuller understanding, they create patterns in our lives. And we're not actually free. We kind of feel like, oh, we have to do this, or I have to be this certain way for people to like me or to get this validation that I so desperately want, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we realize we can give it to ourselves, but it's, it's, we're not really free. So what I found on this journey is, oh, the benefits are just really peeling away these layers. There's this beautiful quote from Yogananda, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here. He talks about scraping off the mud and the diamonds already inside of you. Mm. So what I love about enlightenment is we're not trying to acquire more things. We're not trying to build and get things it's inside. We're just peeling away all the the mud, all these ideas that we had about how we're trying to be someone, right. trying to get more to prove that we're enough. And we just peel it away, realize, Oh, I have me right? Real confidence is literally when Moses said to the almighty or asked the almighty, what is it that you are? What is this? And the almighty said, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. So we get to this very root place of I'm in the live breathing, unique creation of spirit. And that is who I am. And that is where my confidence from comes from. And this, from this place of connection, I, I flow through life. And it, it is, you know, obviously I'm not, <laughs> an enlightened person, but working on this journey step-by-step step of just creating more freedom, more understanding of myself, breaking the patterns that do not serve and opening up expansion, claiming abundance, right? Saying I am a co-creator. Let me create with my best stuff. Oh, it is priceless. And I believe that's true for every human, right? A, a universal truth means it's true for every single one of us. So like you were saying earlier, it's not that some people can do this. Some people can't, we all have unique gifts. We all have a unique soul purpose. That's going to be expressed in different ways, but we have the same potentiality inside of us. Mm-hmm. Preach. All come from the same source. Preach, <laughs> preach, preach. Oh, so good. All right, everyone. You are more than you think you are practical enlightenment for everyday life. Kim, this has been so great being with you. I know everyone in the divine living community is going to get so much out of this. We'll have links in the show notes and just share with everyone where they can find you and all the places um, to uh, stay in touch with you. Oh, thank you, love. So everything is basically my website, mysaluna.com. That's S-O-L-L-U-N-A.com. So I have a feel-good podcast. We have, you know, a whole brand with courses, the Saluna Circle, social at underscore Kimberly Snyder as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, blessings to you on this gorgeous book and this incredible body of work that you let flow through you to come into the world. I know it's going to be a blessing to everyone who picks up a copy. Oh, thank you so much, my love. So much gratitude. Thank you for the support. Absolutely. Oh my 
my goodness, how much did you love, love, love this conversation? Please go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode right now. And I want you to tag me on Instagram and share with me what your biggest takeaway was. I love being in conversation with you, hearing from you, DM me. um, And I really love getting what is the one big takeaway that you got from this episode. Let me know on Instagram. 